Hi, welcome tonight to our uh, midweek service. Uh, we've been teaching from the topic of proven, and while we've been talking about just the reality of, of those that are called being proven, we've been going through some of the different tests we go through as leaders, as ministers, as people of God. All right, so as we've been talking about testing, we said we would hit the manipulation test. Um, and a couple other things today, if we get to, if we get to the, um, genuine test. And based on all this information I just saw, I don't know if we're going to get to it. All right, so the manipulation test, this test challenges both the manipulator and the manipulated. This test challenges both the manipulator, those who manipulate, and the manipulated. And from the angle of the manipulator or people that find themselves manipulating, and we around here, we try not to, we try to deal with words in their reality and not try to attach emotion or all these different experiences. Snakes manipulate around rocks. You know, you can you can manipulate around obstacles, basically avoidance or getting around some different things. Um, but in this particular case, as we're talking about this test, the manipulator, in the manipulation test, God purges the fears and weaknesses that attempt to steer away from embracing our preparation for purpose. All right, so, so, so he purges the fears and the weaknesses that attempt to steer us away from embracing our preparation for purpose in the manipulation test. So, so if we allow these fears, which actually Sunday we're going to talk about the illusion of fear, we allow these fears and weaknesses, they're always going to be the first voice when we're confronted with something and we'll, we'll be tempted just out of reflex to get around things that we're supposed to be embracing. And if we get around the things that we're supposed to be embracing, we think we're relieved. You're relieved in a moment, but you've set yourself up for heartache or challenge down the road because what you were getting around you needed to embrace to help you to prepare for purpose, okay? So during this test, a leader, the leader or a leader may attempt to blame others, deflect fault, that's the blame game, right? Control others' voices and choices. So during this test, individuals may attempt to blame others, deflect fault, because that's another version of the blame game, or control others' voices and choices. All right, so let's look over here, you know, just a part of how some of this started in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Again, we're talking from the topic proven, but we're hitting the manipulation test. And we're talking from the angle of how the manipulator is tested before we get into how the manipulated are tested. All right, so verse 9. It says, the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? All right? Because they've been, you know, spending a whole lot of time together. So he sensed a separation, right? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. 
Now, the scripture talked about earlier in Genesis chapter 2 when they were naked and unashamed. Now you see after sin, they're, they're naked and they hid themselves. So we, we can tell when people expose themselves to compromise because they're hiding, right? <laughs> right? They're hiding, right? And then verse 11, it says, And he said, Who told thee thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So at this point, you can embrace the challenge, right? Yes, I ate. Simple, simple answer, right? But no. And the man said, the woman, he didn't say yes. He said, look, here we go. Excuses, deflection. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat, right? So basically it's, it's her fault, right? Verse 13, and the Lord God said unto the woman, why is this that thou has, uh, what is this that thou has done? And the woman said, instead of saying, I gave, I ate, I missed it, the serpent beguiled me and I did it. <laughs> right? So, so see, way back then, the blame game, the deflect started to happen, right? Way back in Genesis. So during this manipulation test, some may go as far as to abuse or misuse good and faithful family and friends. They may abuse and misuse good and faithful family and friends. Many who fail this test find themselves running from accountability and responsibility. They find themselves running from accountability and responsibility. Right? Your disagreement with God throws you out of uh, the presence of God during this test. Right? See, see, when they... God gave them an instruction. They didn't stay in harmony with the instruction, so that, that, that put them in a place of disagreement, so it threw them out of the presence of God. I got that actually from uh, Bishop Wellington Boone, right? See, so think about this. This whole process of getting out of the presence of God and hiding, losing sight of the love of God and feeling like you need to manipulate when you find yourself doing something you know you shouldn't be doing. Right? They lost sight of the loving God, the faithful God. They didn't give out God an opportunity to love them through their mishap. Right? Satan, they, they learned this from Satan. Remember, Satan fell like lightning as soon as he left agreement. As soon as he left agreement, he fell like lightning. Right? Then he went to get Adam and Eve to agree with him so he can get them out of the agreement with God. <laughs> right? Instead of just embracing the reality of his choice and getting back into agreement quick, what he did was try to find a way around it. Then now he's trying to manipulate them and steal their voice and choice. Right? Think about it. His first move after being rejected by God was manipulation. His first move after being rejected by God was manipulation. Not a remorse, not repentance, not, hey, what can I do to get back in harmony with God, right? Now, I'm going to manipulate somebody else to feel the same stinging pain that I'm going through. You know, we pass the manipulation test when we embrace the consequences of our choices. We pass the manipulation test when we embrace the consequences of our choices. Look here, First Peter 2. We pass the manipulation test when we embrace the consequences of our choices. So 1 Peter 2, 19. And I'll start at verse 18 just for conversation. 
It says, servants be subject to your masters with all fear or reverence, not only the good and gentle, but also the forward. It says, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God, see, I'm, st- I'm still mindful of God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. It's basically saying if you are wrong and you're being chastised or corrected and you take it patiently, well, you should, you're wrong. But he said, but God is pleased even when you're not wrong and you're not treated fairly. You take that patiently because you're trusting God will make sure he takes care of you. So you're not being pulled out of the presence of God based on the circumstances. See, this is the key. If we're in denial, um, so let, let me flip it. So let's say you're in a situation where you make a a choice, an off choice, all right? So you're in a situation you make an off choice, right? You make an off choice, and then obviously there's consequences, right? You embrace the consequences, you pass the test, you get back into the grace of God, right? But if we're in denial or manipulation, that same consequence is now converted into punishment. It's just consequence. You only deal with consequence when you slip or you miss it. But if you slip and miss it, right, and you, you're in denial, you're not taking responsibility, or you're in manipulation, you convert now that, that uh, consequence into punishment. See, see the, the wonderful thing uh, that I love about David, the Bible talks about David, he's a man after God's own heart, right? He, had, he embraced consequences. So you remember he was in a situation where he, he, he messed up. So he had, these, he had a list of punishments he was going to get, right? You remember? All right, so he embraced the punishment. Like, you know, he was sackcloth and ashes, and when the punishment was over, he got up and got back rolling, right? Got right back in the pocket, but he embraced it. Man, I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, he, he, he actually thought he was taking the easier punishment, which turned out to be a lot tougher than he thought. But he, he embraced the, the punishment. See, Adam, even Satan did not. See, they, were, they, they deflected and they were in denial. So now they, they thrust us into the lifelong, lifelong punishment of that. You know, the, you know think about the, uh, the laboring for childbirth. To this day, it's still happening. <laughs> you know, tilling the ground. You know, back then, they could just speak and, and, and the crops would come up. You know what I'm saying? But we got to labor to dig deep to get anything, you know. Right? And all because they didn't embrace the consequence. All right, so let's go here to, you know, that was just like uh, the angle of the manipulator. But let's talk about the manipulated, people that sometimes find themselves in a manipulated situation. The manipulated are challenged during this test to take back their voices and choices during this test. Take back their voices and choices. So we can find ourselves not, make, not having a voice or a choice. We're making decisions based on what other people think. We're making decisions based on the influence of others or if somebody's gonna be mad at us, 
but not making, make decisions based on the way we've always done it, the way they think we should do it. Well, I'm, not, I'm just not trying to hear their mouth. Well, well, are you trying to hear God's? <laughs> because we're supposed to be making decisions in harmony with God, not in compliance to man. It's in harmony with God first. So here is it's a, somebody reminded me of this. Uh, I don't know why I changed this from my voicemail. I don't even know what my voicemail says now, to be honest with you, because I don't listen to it. But this, used to, this scripture used to be in my voicemail all the time. 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, uh, we're going to lock in here, verse 17. So if you, if you call me, for years my message used to say, after I finished talking to you, I'd be like, okay, walk in liberty. <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea what it says now, but. Um, verse 17, this is where I got it from. I used to get this to players, too, when they, they used to write it on their shoes while they was playing at the stadium. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, the thing about liberty is liberty is a freedom word. You know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's a freedom word. Years ago in Ohio, I taught a message called the supernatural life of liberty. And, and I was sharing how, how it came to me. Uh, I told you we write a, a vision every year for our house. So this, this particular year when I was writing the vision, God said, okay, this year I want you to take back your choices. I said, huh? He said, yeah, I need you to take back your choices this year. I said, what do you, what, what do you mean? He says, well, Keith, you make so many choices based on what everybody thinks. Making sure everybody's pleased and everybody's happy. You're there for them. Uh, Why don't you take back your choices? Because I need you to be obedient to me more than there for them. All right? And so so I got an agreement with God, which is what you're supposed to do, right? But I didn't realize how much I was in bondage to what other people thought or did. I didn't even realize because it, it was subtle because I was a person that was seen as I make tough decisions. Well, obviously, I wasn't making all that tough decisions if I had all these decisions that I was considering everybody else in my head. It could be, you know, family's going to get mad if I don't do this. Well, I, I, I didn't have the resources to go, but I went anyway. I charged it. Why? Because so, so I could be there because, because I'm supposed to be there. But when I start taking back my choices, it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to make it. Sorry, I can't, I can't be there. Some people will be watching this. Uh, but it wasn't personal to anybody. It was me trying to be obedient to the Lord. And I had to establish a place in life where he, he was my first voice and, and he was my first choice. So even though the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I, wasn't, I was saying it, but I wasn't, my corresponding actions wasn't lining up with it. Right, so again, take, take back, during this test, you, you'll find yourself taking back your voices and choices. Look here, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <laughs> I quoted it, but I'll just give it to you. Verse 36. It says, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free indeed. Now, indeed, in action, in what you're doing, right? And then let's look here at an interesting scripture right after our error scriptures in Galatians 4. 
1 and 2 is some interesting stuff after that. So let's go to Galatians 4, and we'll lock in here in verse 8, I believe. Galatians 4, verse 8. Uh, we'll start at verse 7. It says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an, an heir of God through Christ. Right? Verse 8. How be it then, when you knew not God, wasn't intimate with God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. So you basically was in bondage serving people that weren't even gods. Right? It says, but now, after, now this is, this is rhetorical, assuming this is how we roll now, right? But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and bigotry elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? So, so, so how, how are you now been delivered, but you still desire to be bound? When you, you're free. Like, you can actually, you're free to have voices and choices. Why are you still bound, Right? Right? Why can't you have those tough conversations? Right? You know, you ever been in a situation where somebody said, you know, oh, th- this is the line, right? So, you know such and such, don't you? And then you reflex and go, yeah, yeah, and you don't know <laughs> So, why'd you say you know somebody you don't know? Or they go, you know what that means. you like, yeah, and you don't know what it means. Why can't you just say, no, nah, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? See, these little subtle things are bondages. Like, why, did you, why do you need that person's approval on you knowing something that you don't know or you knowing someone that you've never met in your entire life? You have no idea what they're talking about. So what's wrong with just saying, nah, I, nah. I, was, at a, I was at a gym one day, and I don't know, this one guy at the gym kept telling people that I actually played professional overseas, which I didn't, you know? <laughs> and so... There's another guy, so there's one guy talking, he played overseas, he used to go to this church, another guy, he played overseas, and we all played together all the time. So he's like, he said, but you know how it is, right, cuz, cuz you know, you've been overseas. I was like, nah, I don't know how it is, I've never been overseas. He's like, you ain't played overseas, man, you played overseas, right? Such and such told me, I said, no, man, I never played overseas. I said, you know, barely semi-pro. <laughs> Didn't make that much money, but I never played overseas. But the momentum was easy for me to go, yeah, 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 you know. And then when I get on the court, you know, I'm going to get the respect, like, yo, he played overseas. But no, I didn't. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I didn't. Y'all, y'all think I'm talking about me? <laughs> what are you agreeing to? No, good and well, you ain't do. People going around, you, you know how you tell, embellish your story? Give yourself more stats than you really have? And then people say, people start telling, talking about you as if you have the stats and you ain't correcting them. That ain't free. I just, just thought I'd <laughs> make you think about some things, don't it? That's, that's kind of like, that's, isn't that like lying? <laughs> she said, that is lying. And then she said, a little white lie. That would be a lie, right? All right. I said, the manipulated must not be more thirsty for the acceptance of man than the obedience to God. The manipulated must not be more thirsty for the acceptance of man than 
obedience to God. The scripture says, I would rather, what? Obedience than, right, 1 Samuel 15, 22, right? Now, I repeat that. You know, you can get it on video. They got it. The manipulator must not be more thirsty for the acceptance of man than the obedience to God, right? So you're going to be easily manipulated if you're not standing there being obedient to God. I can't do, like, hey, you got to adapt this. Man, I can't do that. God ain't going to be happy. You know, even as Pastor Mel tell you, even as we grow in our marriage, there's certain things like, baby, I can't do that. Like, I know you're going to be mad, but God, I got, I got to answer to God on this one. You know, and thank God it worked out because <laughs> I'd have been in even more trouble. You don't hear from God, fool. <laughs> right? Watch manipulating people who say, watch manipulating people, comma, who say they love you. Just watch, because you have to look for corresponding actions, right? You know, because people that say all the right things but don't have the corresponding actions, they'll want the benefit without the investment. They'll want the benefit without the investment. All right? And what they'll do is they'll take advantage of your momentum of compliance and deferment. You know, something, um, unfortunately, we were taught coming up, you know, in the hood, you know, just how to say the right things, create the right environment. And once people started to conform to what you said or, or was trying to, like, go with your flow, once, once they saw, once you heard them trying to impress you, you got them. Especially if it was a young lady. Right. If she was going to compromise herself just to be with you, it's like, cool. You know, you know you got them. Right. If she wasn't, just, now this is BC days, y'all. BC days. I'm giving y'all the playbook from the BC days. Okay. Right. All right. So... Your whole thing was if, if, if the person didn't compromise themselves, well, I wasn't going to be bothered with that person because I couldn't take advantage of them. You just wanted people you could take advantage of. That, that way you could do things. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want to do and get away with it, right? A person that allows himself to be manipulated really has no expectations of values of themselves, right? Because they haven't established a standard. This is who I am, and, and again, you have to show an investment for me to open up. Does that make sense? That investment would be commitment. All right? We good? Our mind's clear? All right, so how to avoid uh, manipulation? How to avoid manipulation? Number one, stay in obedience. Stay in obedience. So, so, so let's talk about let's Let's talk, right? So... I like you have this culture where it's either this uh, religious holiness or whatever. That's the only thing I think of religious holiness. You call it whatever you want, and then you got wilding out, right? So you got these two extremes, right? None of that has anything to do with God, (laughs) right? It's a relationship with God, and so now there's a relationship with God, and the obedience is not like a, a. 
like taskmaster slavery. It's harmony. It keeps us in harmony. So every direction from God is leading you to fulfillment, purpose, and design. Every no from God is keeping you from harm, right? Every no is not like a punishment. Or every direction where you have to be obedient to, it's not like, man, I got to do that. It's like, oh, okay, this is going to lead me closer to what I want to do. So it's how you process it. You know, but if you're sitting around going, man, I keep hearing this, they want me to do this, God, this, man, ain't nobody trying to do that. What you're really saying, I'm going to forfeit fulfillment just for these moments of pleasure right now, right? And that's what children do. Children will forfeit fulfillment because they're just in the moment. Man, kids don't care, or we don't care. Like, I, you know, I've had dental work since I've been older. If I was listening and obedient when I was younger, I wouldn't have to have the dental work when I was older. What am I trying to punish me? They was keeping me from having teeth replaced and fillings and bridges and all types of stuff, right? Same thing. God ain't trying to punish nobody. He's trying to keep you from, from having to, to go through all types of other stuff to get back to him, right? Trying to keep you from heartache. And sometimes we're stuck in the mud because we still haven't crossed over to be obedient. So let's, let's, let's look at this uh, I'll just give you the story. I'm going to give you the scripture, and then I'll just tell you the story for the sake of time. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 25. I kind of like want to read it. So. Uh, let's see. 1 Corinthians 13. Let me just see here. 1 Corinthians 13. I'll just give you a story. It's a lot. All right, so there's a, there's a young prophet. God gives him instruction. Go into this town. Prophesy. Don't stop. Don't go to the, don't go to the left, the right. What did I say? First Kings. What did I say? Can y'all prove it? It's on video? Okay, yeah. Look, look, Z over here, I got several witnesses, and it's on video. <laughs> I apologize. All right, so it's 1 Kings 13, and I gave you 11 to 25, I believe. Yeah, 1 Kings, see, I'm about to say 1 Corinthians again. 1 Kings 13. All right, so this is a young prophet. He comes in town. God gives him specific instructions. Hey, don't go to the left, don't go to the right. Just stay down, go in, do what you got to do. Hey, we ain't stopping to eat. He's going to do what I have to do. So he goes and he does that. And as he's coming in, people are trying to get him to, hey, hey, you want to do this? You want to stop? You want to do No, 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 no. I know what God told me to do. I'm being obedient. I'm going in, handling my business. So he goes in, prophesies. He runs into an older prophet. And so the older prophet rolls over. He said, hey, man, you want to stop? You hang out, you know, eat, come to my house. He was like, no, 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 no. God gave me specific instructions. Come in, go out, don't stop. Don't eat, no whatever. He said, ho, 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 I'm an older prophet. I heard from, from an angel too. And an angel told me, you can eat. So he goes, oh, older prophet, you heard from an angel. I'm going to respect you and reverence you as an older prophet. I'm going to go eat at your house. Go has a good meal, eats good. 
Time to leave. He gets taken out. And he dies. People start walking by later. They was like, hey, man, did you see the, old, the prophet, the young dude that came in town? You know, he's, he's, out, <laughs> he's out on the side of the road dead. Well, how did that happen? He ain't listen to God. I'm paraphrasing the story, right? So you say to yourself, man, but, you know, he, he came in, he prophesied. He listened to the older prophet. Well, see, when God tells you something, your compliance is to God, not to man. Don't See, his default was somebody older and superior to him, I'm going to follow all the time. That was his default. But God, not, no, not himself, because some of y'all don't listen to older people because self told you something. Or really the devil told self and then self told you. We ain't talking about that. We saying God. God told this guy and what God told him, they had nothing to do with him. So that's another signal that it came from God. It had nothing to do with him. It wasn't personal. God told him to do something for others. He went in to speak something to others on assignment for others, and God told him to leave. So nothing that God told him was for him. No meals, no stopping, no pleasing people, right? It was for others. All right, we got that? Because, you know, just in case somebody try to flip it into, well, God told me um, to be with Jimmy. Really? Did that line up with God's word? Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Let's get back on task. Let's get back on task. All right, so, so he told him something. He didn't do it. See, I, I use this when, when we're talking about the mantle of chosenness. Like when Abraham had the mantle of chosenness, he was trying to get him from compliance to now be obedient to me. This guy was operating on default. He was trained as a prophet. So he was operating on default. Hey, older prophet, heard from, heard from an angel? Surely I'm supposed to follow him. Not when God told you to do something. Right? And he ends up dying. Right? So one of the ways to avoid manipulation, stay obedient to God. Right? No, another way to avoid manipulation is avoid compromise. Avoid compromise. Right? The scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So avoid conforming. Stay transforming into what God told you to do. Romans 12, 2. And then um, a principle that I've always operated in, we've shared here before, I've shared it with my son forever. I always told my son, I said, son, whatever you do, always do what's best. I said, not what's comfortable for you, what's comfortable for them. What's best is normally what God is telling you to do. See, once again, it had nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with pleasing nobody else. Has nothing to do with pleasing you, has nothing to do with pleasing everybody else. It's being obedient to God. 1 Corinthians 6, all things are lawful, but not expedient, not best. So it means there's a lot of things. Guess what? You don't have to tell nobody, well, I'm just doing what I want to do. You could, whether you said it or not, you can do whatever you want to do. It's not, everything's not best. Everything won't yield fulfilling results. Because think about it. You have choices. Except for you, life and death, blessings and curses. You know you can choose cursing? And you can find scripture on it? Well, the scripture says, he set before me life and death, <laughs> blessing and cursing. 
So, so I have the option right here in the Bible. But don't skip the end of the, end of the scripture. It said choose, choose life. Choose blessing. Don't choose cursing, right? All right, so, so avoid compromise. See, and this is, this is very important, you know, especially as you grow. As you grow and you're around leaders, you're around people, you gain access. I used to tell the, uh, the leaders under me at the last church, I said, there's a responsibility with access. Don't take access for granted, right? And so watch out for missed appropriation of familiarity and authority. Watch out for missed appropriation of familiarity and authority. You know, that's parental, that's leadership, that's spousal, that's friendship. Sometimes people, uh, I'm saying this respectfully, but that old prophet operated in misappropriating authority and familiarity. I'm a prophet. So, so, so without that person really understanding the reality of a situation, a person that really was, was a man of God would have been like, what did God tell you to do? He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have flipped it like he did. Right? He wouldn't have done that. So you got to be, you got to have your antenna up because sometimes people will hide around, uh, I call it prophetic immunity. You know, and I, 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 I was in a situation, I was talking to a guy, and he reminded me of uh, this movie, I think it was Die Hard or whatever, and the guy was about to arrest the guy, and he said, uh, diplomatic immunity. So he's basically saying, I'm a diplomat, you can't touch me. You know, well, he took him out anyway, but <laughs> you can't touch. But, but people sometimes will do that. They'll throw something to hit you, or they'll try to manipulate you, and then they'll jump behind, huh, huh. Prophetic immunity, touch not thy anointed, do not prophets no harm. Yeah, the scripture does say that, but not if somebody is misappropriating authority and familiarity. Yes, that's my mama and my daddy, but if they're misappropriating authority, if, if their authority is overriding God, being obedient to God, I can't roll with that. God's obedience comes first. If that man or woman of God is, 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 is telling me something that's not lined up with God and God's word and obedience to God, or what God is saying to him, I can't roll with that. You're saying that? You're the pastor of the church? Yeah, I'm saying that I'm the pastor of the church. Because if any, anybody's been around me for a long time, but if you open your mouth and say, God said, <laughs> that's probably the end of the conversation. So you better make sure God said it if you're trying to get some advice from me. But if you say God said, what am I going to say? You just said God said. There's some people that put themselves in some crazy situations, and they come back to me later and say, well, you know, why you didn't tell me? I was like, you said God said. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> when you say God said, <laughs> that's a higher authority than me. Roll with it. Make sure God said it, right? Don't be um, unfairly, put, uh, you know, using God's name either, right? This is the thing. Uh, Parental, leadership, spousal, friendship um, uh, should be waived when situations or crime doesn't line up with the authority given. So if somebody's exercising a level of connection or influence in a certain way, but what they're doing doesn't line up with the authority given, then you can't roll with that, right? You can't roll with that. that that's, that's not God. You can't say, oh, but that's my cousin. If it ain't lining up with God, <laughs> hey, hey, 
I'm going to pray for you, but I can't roll with that. That's taking me out of God's presence and obedient with God, right? So, so you have to do these things. Remember Gehazi? So Gehazi actually was close to the prophet. He was the prophet's armor bearer, right? This is Elijah's armor bearer, right? And Elijah, right? So he's his armor bearer. So they killed, they, they healed. Well, God used them to help King um, Naaman, right? Get healed. So, right? So he goes in the, he goes in the river, uh, dips himself, he gets healed. So he's, he's grateful. He said, hey, man, what do you need? I'm going to get these clothes, get this. He said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need nothing. So he walks away. So, so now he's walking. So Gehazi's like, man, you know what? Ah, my cousin Jimmy is at the hospital, and I got to go see him. I'll be back, prophet. I'll be back. So he goes, and he runs back, catches the king. He's like, yo, the prophet was just like, you know, he wasn't really thinking it through. When he thought it through later, he was like, yeah, we could take some of the, ju- the, the juice. You can give them to me, and I'll make sure the prophet get them. Cool? And so he takes all these clothes and, and all these things from, king name, from, from the king. Then he runs back and rolls with the prophet like his business as usual. Right? And he said, he said so where'd you go? He said, ah, oh, nah, remember I told you my cousin... You know, he was in the hospital. He said, no, 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 no. He said, don't you know you're, you're so connected with me? My heart went with you. He says, why did you take this stuff? See, first of all, you should have asked me why I made the decision. I'm not just making random decisions. Everything's intentional. So the same leprosy that was on him was in the clothes. It's now on you. You see, all because... See, he, uh, just, just trying to get, take a bribe, trying to take a bribe. And remember, even like at one point, Saul was an anointed king. You remember that, right? You know, Saul was an anointed king, but the scripture says the evil heart got into Saul. So you can't roll with Saul the same way, following his instructions, and the evil heart, is, he has an evil heart. But David still reverenced that, hey, that's the man of God. I'm not going to take him out or come against him. But, man, this dude done lost his mind. You see what I'm saying? He allowed an evil heart. So you got to be sensitive to those things. You know, when Nehemiah and them knew they had to, 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 to build that wall and all these authorities was trying to get him off of being obedient, was God, obedient to God, he knew what God told him to do. He's like, man, you guys say whatever y'all want. This is what God told me to do. Right? But see, how can you do that when you grow in a place where you're so... This is wonderful because this happens to a lot of us. It's happened to a lot of us, and it happened to me in certain situations. You grow, when you grow around people, could be your parent, could be uh, in marriage, it could be ministry, um, any level of leadership, you get so comfortable that you just trust people at their word. Sometimes you're so busy dealing with stuff, you don't see the shift. That's why we got to stay locked in on God because you can see when people shift. You can see when their heart shift. And you could be maybe like Nathan and help them. Because remember, David's heart, heart shifted. You know, he got clouded when he did what he did with Bathsheba. But he had, I said it right, Nathan, right? Yeah, yeah. Nathan came over to him and said, man, can I tell you a story, bro? <laughs> and we told him the story. He said, man, the person that did that, he said, that person is you. <laughs> he was like, whoa, you got me on that one. I'm going to have to change. You see what I'm saying? So, so it doesn't mean that if somebody's, heart gets off, they're totally discarded because that didn't happen with Nathan and David. 
But Nathan was so in God's face, he was able to say, hey, man, I'm going to just give you this truth. You can do what you want with it. But I guarantee you, Nathan was like, how you handle this truth will determine if I'm rolling with you from this point on. <laughs> right? And David handled it right. Saul, on the other hand, lost his mind. <laughs> right? And lost the throne. Okay? All right, so, so it's not keep your antenna up. Even when somebody betrays you or you, you get played. Don't turn back. Don't give up. Don't go, see, you can't trust nobody. No, sharpen your discernment. Put your antenna up a little higher and keep moving forward. That's all it is. Just put your antenna up some more. But you can, don't look, don't shut down and don't look back. That's the whole point of the manipulation. The adversary trying to get you paralyzed or trying to get you to look through those lenses where every situation you're in. No, just, hey, sharpen your discernment. Say to yourself, you know what, you know, uh, oh, well, I'll use me, okay, I won't use, this is what I said to myself, hey, man, I just got played. And if you're watching this, it ain't personal, it's, I got to teach this, this stuff, all right? Yeah, I got played. So, I mean, hey, man, how you going to get played, man? What's up, man? Ain't you from North? I got played. So, you know what that showed me? I my antenna can go up higher just like anybody else's. So, I said, just put my antenna up higher. And I leave that isolated situation in that isolated situation. I'm not going to smudge it over every other aspect of my life. Because some of us are not even living life because we're still in that same moment of getting manipulated and played. Not around a person. Don't want to be around a person for whatever reason. In some cases, some people have even forgiven the person. So why, why are we even still, still there? Put your antenna up and start moving forward. Pass the test because you're going to get manipulated in this life. You're going to get played. And sometimes you're getting played because people just, they're in fear. We just talked about the manipulator, right? They're in fear. They, 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 they got to look at angles to get through, right? But sometimes it's a test we need to go through because we don't think we need to sharpen our discernment. We good, right? I'm straight. So you go, you go through a situation, you go, you know what? I didn't know as much as I thought I did. But that's not a, an indictment. That doesn't make you a bad person. It just means we're still growing, right? All right. So hopefully that helps a little bit. So, so this is the thing. Learn to discern the games. Learn to discern the games. Manipulation is games. Learn to discern them. Not to get mad, but to not to, don't fall for the, don't keep falling into playing the game. And they get mad at somebody because they playing you. They can't play by themselves. Right? You got in the game, right? Learn to discern the games. Discernment is big. Uh, man, I think you was praying this during your prayer. I think I heard you say something about walking in the spirit or something. Right? You did? So, so good. See? Flowing in the gifts, sister. But Galatians 5.16, walking in the spirit should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? Right? That helps you. If you're walking in the spirit, you discern. You pick it up before it happens. You ever just, you know, been in situations and maybe you're not as in the spirit or in the word like you should be. Because some of us are really casual with God and the Word and Scripture and notes and studying, and you're going to realize you need it, Man. right? But, but, but we're all growing, so that's not me uh, uh, putting you down. I'm just saying 
And you're in a situation where sometimes you pick up stuff and then you keep moving because you did, your discernment is not sharp. And then you keep moving, you go, man, I knew something told me not to do that. See, see, if, when our discernment is sharp, it ain't no something told me not to do that. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. But why not? I, for some reason, I'm not supposed to go. Yeah, but, but everybody's going. Yeah, and, I, and you committed to go. I committed to go. I know I was supposed to go. I said I was going. I thought I was going. I felt like going all the way up until today. I'm not going. Why are you not going? Because you discern I'm not supposed to go. Just don't go. You don't have to see it, but you do got to yield to it. Right? Sharpen that discernment. Then you'll find yourself in a whole lot less mishaps, a whole lot of less crazy situations and jacked up relationships. You already know. But see, this, this is the other dangerous thing. It takes strength to be moving in a direction emotionally and change directions because you know it's not best. You got to be able to do that to, to really live this life. You got to be going, listen, I have to cut my losses. I, I know what I said. I know what I said, but I can't do this. This is crazy, man. Man, I don't even know you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, I, let's, let's stop playing. Like, like, you really don't love me. You're just trying to get something, and I'm not giving it to you. Hey, 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 it was a good try. Hey, give each other that. Let's go about our business. You got to be able to do that, man. You have to because you, you'll end up going back to that, not passing the test, end up in denial, deflecting fault, blaming somebody else. Well, who, who got in the game? Who made the choice? Who alienated all the people that loved them just because for them, now for a situation of somebody you don't even know? Who did that? Guys, I didn't say that. These people up here in the front row said it. People on the camera, Ms. Lamar, Zip, that's his wife, and Jason Smith, they said it. <laughs> All right. So that's why the scripture says, look at the things, don't look at the things that you see for their temporal. Look at the things you can't see for their eternal. That's a discernment scripture. Let's look at Matthew 16. All right. Discernment is our friend. Um, I actually... The Lord had told me to put my antenna up when I was in a manipulation situation some years ago. Resolved, given, it's over with. Um, but uh, before, years before, I read a book called Sharpen Your Discernment by Robert Lee Um, You know, he's since gone through some stuff, but uh, the book was powerful. And uh, the book was before he went through what he went through, <laughs> way before. All right, so Matthew 16. Look at this. Well, we're going to focus on verse 8, but I'll start at verse 5. It says, when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have... uh, taking no bread. Look at verse 8. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because you have brought no bread? They weren't even talking to him. But he picked it up. He perceived it. He picked it up. Look over here in uh, um, 
22. Let's go to chapter 22. If you look through the scripture, you see it for Jesus and, and for a lot of situations in the Bible, it's a normal operation. Verse 18. I'm, I'm going to skip all the stuff the Pharisees were doing. And just verse 18 says, but Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? They was asking them questions, but they presented them like it was legit questions. See, see, we fall in this trap too. Sometimes you're talking to people, are they really, do they really want to know about what you believe, or they didn't want to try to put you in a trap. When you pick that up, you're like, man, play by yourself, man. You happy, you fulfilled, gone. Enjoy your fulfillment. Who am I to mess up your wonderful God or whoever you worship it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, don't fall into the trap. And Jesus knew better. That's why some of the questions, remember one time he called them generation of vipers? <laughs> you have your, man, well, you have your father the devil. See, if somebody, if, if Pastor Keith says something like that right now, y'all be like, Man, what kind of man of God is that? I'm like, Jesus, man. <laughs> see, see y'all, y'all be taking stuff, sisters, but I ain't call nobody no generation of vipers. I ain't say you of your father the devil. I ain't reached that level, right? Yet. <laughs> we think they're they going to get on me if I start saying that, right? <laughs> Well, I be getting all types of texts. Look, you know, the chat, the chat be full that day. What kind of man of God are you? Well, a man of God that discern y'all ain't right. If I were to say that, if I were to say that. <laughs> all right, Mark 2. I probably can't read all of them for the sake of time, but. Mark 2, verse 8. So I'm, I'm going to do these quick because these are just all just examples, Okay. So, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? He just, he, he, he's sweet. He was just picking up stuff. Luke 5, Luke 5, Luke 5. Just real quick, y'all. Luke 5, since I have it for you. Luke 5, verse 22. Right? Look, it says, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, why reason you in your hearts? This is another version of the same thing, right? So the scripture talks about the, the, the natural man can understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, for they're spiritually discerned, right? He can't judge properly a spiritual situation. So sometimes people are coming at you, well, I don't think that that's necessary. Or you say, well, you know, that's, that's probably not healthy. That'll get you in trouble as a woman of God or as a man of God. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's not a spiritual person talking. That's a natural person talking, and they can't process or discern or properly judge the things of God. Look, look, first, first Corinthians 2 is where that scripture is, but I want to read the next scripture. That's why we're going there. Uh, first Corinthians 2, 14 and 15. It says, it says, but the natural man receiveth can't comprehend, take in, not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Look at verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Now, it's talking about the, the ability to process and to come to the proper conclusion of any situation when you're in the Spirit. It says... But it's very hard for somebody to really come to a conclusion 
and properly process even your actions and your moves when you're spiritual because everything you're doing looks foolishness to them. So, so, so everything you do, they, they're, they're going to have a warped, uh, here we go, Mr. Holy, uh, don't nobody live like that. Like, that can't possibly be done. I can't see myself ever being able to do that. Well, that's a natural man. A spiritual man can see it's possible. With man, it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. So they properly can assess and judge the situation. You see the difference? Yeah. Scripture talks about in Hebrews that, that that word is quick, dividing us under, you know, uh, the thoughts and the intents of the heart, discerning, right? Uh, discerning good and evil. See, see again, if you, once, you, once you absorb this word of God and you're, you, uh, if his words abide in you, you abide, you abide in him and his words abide in you, you can ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. When I'm consumed or submerged in the word, see, see now thoughts and intents I pick up, even mine, right? And then I judge between good and, oh, no, nah, can't do that. That's not good. But when I'm not submerged in the word, word and I'm submerged in the world, I do things that aren't good. Because I can't discern, I, there, there's nothing registering that is not good, and then I communicate evil as if it's good. Well, what's wrong with that? I'll take what God says, flip it into a justification of my compromise. Because I'm not discerning, see, see, I'm not flipping nothing into justifying my compromise when I discern it's evil. Something in me can't see the evil and I, I look at it like, it's all good. It is not all good. Why would you have to discern between good and evil if it was all good? Amen. Amen. Hey, people out there on TV land, stop saying that. Amen. It's not all good. Amen. That's a lie. Amen. All right, so as we're going to uh, trying to pass the manipulation test, <laughs> as we're trying to pass the manipulation test, we've got to watch out for con men. And women. Now, 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 this is so interesting because a con man or a con woman is a confidence man. That's where the word came from. Confidence man or woman. What? They make people feel good while they rip them off. So they soothe you, get you to drop your guards, and the whole time they're taking, everything, taking you for everything you got. Taking, for, taking you, and, and, and it starts out with taking you, taking the core of who you are. Before they even take your stuff, they done took you. And once they took you, it's easy to get your stuff because you're going to give it away. I just let that soak in for a second. <laughs> so you see, once they get you, they got everything, everything you got. They got your vitality. They got your virginity. They got everything. They got, they got your resources. They got your time. They got your worship. They got your purpose. They got it all. Because you're giving it away. Freely giving it away. Right? See, we have to sharpen our, our discernment for that reason so we can recognize the common men and women. See, because when life looks gray, it's really black and white. There's really a definitive. See, we want to stay in a gray area because we figure, well, I ain't know. You conning yourself. 
You do know. Stop lying. Listen, no scripture in your life. You never read scripture. You know right from wrong. You do. When I first said, I'm not having sex or I get married, I had never in my life read 1 Corinthians 6, flee fornication. I, I ne- never even heard it before. But I knew right from wrong. I knew I wasn't supposed to be having sex with all these people. I just knew it. So, look, before, before music, because my two things was, and I knew I wasn't supposed to be listening to that music. So y'all can keep playing all these, you know, this is, this is from back this. Well, this is different from, like, stop trying to find the worst music to justify yours. That makes no sense. Hey, find the worship music to justify yours. See, it ain't going to work that way. We're going to find the craziest music. Now, this right here is crazy, man. I don't know why they do that. So I don't listen to that type of stuff. I listen to this stuff over here. Now, see, that's, that's not stop. Stop. You're manipulating yourself. The Bible says you can oppose yourself. You can deceive yourself. It says you have to be recovered from yourself because you're leaning to your own understanding. That I didn't make that up. Walk through it to yourself. We, we talk about it a thousand times at the church. Proverbs 3, right? right? Lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path, right? James chapter 1, you can deceive your own self because you're hearing a word and you're not doing it. 2 Timothy 2, you can oppose yourself, and it says you have to be recovered from yourself. That's why the prodigal son had to come to himself, right? He was manipulating himself. So we out here manipulating ourselves and blaming other people. Then we get mad at somebody when they're trying to arrest us from manipulating ourselves with the truth. The truth is how you get free from manipulation, from deceiving yourself. The only way you're coming out is somebody give you the truth. And we run it. Whoa. <laughs> See, you tried to give me that truth, didn't you? Yeah. You want the truth. It hurts. It hurts me. I don't want it. Listen, the truth is very uncomfortable. It hurts me. Come on, I live with Pastor Mel. You know, I get truth all the time. <laughs> I ain't getting around it. Can't dance. Can't play no games. <laughs> I'm getting the truth. I'm walking around free because I get the truth. <laughs> God, I married the truth. <laughs> Pastor Mel is the truth. Look, look, she going she to see this and be like, you ain't right, baby. Yes, I am. All right, so look at this. So, so, so this is the thing. We sharpen our discernment and we lock in. We won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It's a lot. The scripture is saying in Ephesians 4.14, there's a lot of winds of doctrine out here. It's saying it. It talks about itchy ears. And who's going to get caught up in that wind? Somebody that's looking for an out, not looking for an in. Who's going to get caught up in that wind? Someone looking for an out, not looking for an in. And before you know it, you're going to be dragged around with every wind of doctrine. So now your conversation is not going to be, what do I need to do to get closer to God? It's going to be, well, what about this? Well, what about that? You know, back in the day, they had seven wives. Like, see, you're going to be pulled with all types of stuff. You're going to be pulled into the color game. Well, what color was Jesus? Okay, when you are praying, are you looking for a color? Be honest. You're praying to God, you're sitting around looking at a color. How many conversations you have with God about what color is he? What color are you, God? Before we get into my, my needs, what color are you? 
Nobody's thinking about no doggone color. They talking to God? Are you serious? But we're going to get pulled into the color. Where's he color? You know, see, I'm traumatized because for years they had this picture that Michelangelo drew. Man, I ain't seen no picture that Michelangelo drew in the church that I've been in. in probably, I, so I was at the other church for 18 years. We definitely ain't had no, no Michelangelo pictures in this church. Because <laughs> Christian says, watch out for all these images. So I ain't... Okay, that's different. Every church I've been in. How many churches you been into? Help me out. Help me out here. Millions of churches. How many churches you've actually been in? I'm going to give you 20. And that's probably like some of y'all going, 20 churches? I ain't even never been to 20 churches. So let's stop with all excuses and get with God, okay? Right? It's all games. It's manipulation. It's, it's a wind of doctrine to get you caught up in everything but God. Who's to say the Bible wasn't changed? Oh, God can put the sun in the sky, but he's helpless. About, I, I tried to stop him. Go in, I tried to stop him, but <laughs> they beat me down. <laughs> I tried to get him, man, but they beat me down and changed the Bible before I can get to him. I can put the sun in the sky, but I don't have the power to stop people from changing my word. Why would they need to change the word? Let me help you. Why would they need to change? We reading it that much? It's a reading the word epidemic. And so, this, uh, so this, that is sarcasm. And I'm, I, I'm using it on this one. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> right? But I'm saying, but well, why would they need to change it? You see what I'm saying? But the trip is, we ain't reading it that much. And if we are reading, are we that deep into the Bible that the world is going, oh, my God, we, the only way we're going to get them is to change that Bible? No. All they got to do is what they've been doing. Stop you from reading the Bible. Amen. Give you all this other stuff to, to read but the Bible. So, so, so could we stop with that? How do I know they didn't change the Bible? Why don't you read it exhaustively, study it out, and then you can determine for yourself. You don't have to take nobody's opinion. That was sarcastic too, wasn't it? Since you're the sarcastic police over here. See, so the Bible says, it says, this, it says, you know, the scripture says, the spirit's in the willing, but the flesh is weak. Feed the willing, not the weak. Feed that spirit and your discernment will get sharper and sharper. And, you know, and I thought through this, anytime I've dealt with craziness is because I overrode what I knew in my spirit. I would see things by the Spirit and then say, nah, that's not really there. I'll ignore it. I'm sure it'll go away. But it didn't go away. I compromised what I saw because I enjoyed the relationship or the benefits or the familiarity of it. And pretty soon, the thing that I ignored would come up and bite me. That's the story of my life. But not just mine. We can't just keep overriding God trying to tell us, don't go there. Don't fall for that. No, I know you feel alone, but I'm trying to prepare you for what you really want. And until you get prepared, why would I send it? You're walking around like, 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 like you're in despair, like I don't understand why I'm alone. And you ain't doing nothing God told you to do. 
Well, you act like you're suffering, like somebody's causing you to suffer. It's you. You're not obedient. If you're on the other side of obedience, it's fulfillment. I'm not just talking to you. I have these conversations with God all the time. I had one today. I was running earlier. And God was like, see, the whole time I've been taking my time with you, Keith, because I needed you to be ready for what's coming. I've been taking my time with the church because I need them to be ready for what's coming. He said, the challenge is some of the people that you saw, they, they went so fast they couldn't handle what was coming. And that's what we do. We're so fast running to soothe ourselves, we can't handle what's coming to fulfill ourselves. And so we're delaying it. We are delay, have delayed it. So I just be deciding, man, every chance I get, ask my wife. And I told y'all when we started the six-month thing, I was like, oh, I'm about to take this to another level. And one might say, what other level? There's always another level. And I asked my wife, pressing more, spending more time in God's face, spending more time in God's word, you know, just, just cutting out some things. There's some more things I'm going to cut out. But first I had to get rid of them, them chocolate, chocolate thinsters. They weren't helping you know, so I haven't had a chocolate, chocolate thinster since I said I was shutting it down, right? Just, just cutting some things out. Why? Because I want to hear God clearly. See, 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 so do you really want what you say you desire? Because it would cost something. It would cost something, right? And this is the thing, like, if we sharpen our discernment, we won't allow manipulators to pull us out of our flow with God. See, manipulators are hoping you'll be too kind to interrupt false peace. Manipulators are hoping you'll be too kind to interrupt false peace. You know how sometimes you just don't want to, like, like everything, everybody laughing, right? We have a good time. And then somebody is off and it's going to, it's affecting you, but you're like, well, if I say something, everybody's having such a good time, Right? Yeah, but see, the manipulator is hoping you roll like that. Uh, we were in a situation where somebody rolled up in an in a event and just started directing folk. New person. Nobody really knew. And everybody was looking like, who is this person and why are they directing folk? And they had to be addressed. But they were, they were uncomfortable. But they thought we wouldn't interrupt the false peace. I've had people been doing services out here. And so one person did something. I said, well, hold on. I'm going to have to have some information ahead of time. They says, well, if you don't want to do it. And, and they, they wasn't mad, mad, but they, they, they were an honest person, so they thought I was questioning their integrity. Well, I don't know if I was questioning their integrity or not, but I was like, we're establishing a relationship. I don't know you. So, so yes, you know you're trustworthy. You seem trustworthy, but... We're establishing relationships. You got you to do some things I know that I know that I know. Now, we had a good flow until then. So me having that conversation with him was going to be, it was an uncomfortable moment. But I had to have the conversation. And I said, I have to have this conversation with you. I said, we're establishing a relationship. So I just can't have you just flowing. And then I'm thinking things and it's weighing on me, weighing on me, weighing on me. We got to talk about it. And then once you get answer my questions, then I'll be at more at peace. But first of all, I'm paying for a service. 
You see what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, you know, like, like, like we working for them. And so this, this is when you, to pass the manipulation test, you don't have to like go off on nobody, but you got to be willing to, no matter how the, mo- the, the, the mood is, hey, can I ask a question here? Because <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this. That's how we end up sometimes in compromise because you're around people that you thought was flowing a certain way. They start doing something, you're like, well, I don't want to be the one to spoil the party. Well, I might not be the one to spoil the party, but I'm the one to leave the party. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> nah, nah, I just don't roll like that. Or somebody called up and they asked us for something. They asked us to do something. And I said, oh, no, they, they, asked, they really wanted some advice. Uh, they were coming out here, watching the sermon. So I know the family. I know the people. So, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my wife's number. I said, you can call her. I said, because no disrespect to you, we have a certain flow. You know what I'm saying? So, so they, they wanted me to call them back. But I was like, nah, me and my wife, we got a certain flow. So call her, talk to her, and then we can talk to you, but you got to call my wife. All right? This wasn't 10 years ago. This was just recently. The person said, hey, I respect the flow. But I could have been like, well, I don't want the person to think that I don't trust this. Man, I don't do- it had nothing to do with that. And they weren't playing no, they weren't trying to play no games. They don't, they don't, they don't know what the, our protocol of our house. Unless I tell them. You see what I'm saying? These little things will help us to navigate. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I think I'll end with this section. I'll get to maybe tantrums next week. You know, you know, that's a move, right? You know, that's a move, right? You're addressing somebody and then they just go off. <laughs> you know, that's a diversion, right? All right, that's next week. That's next week. Okay. All right, so just stay aware. Of, this is our last section for the day. Stay aware of people that make it difficult to hold them accountable. Stay aware of people that make it difficult to hold them accountable. Right, you know, in 2 Samuel 11, 5 through 17, you can read the story with David and Bathsheba. When David was in the game, in, he kind of created situations where he couldn't be held accountable. Right? Uh, 2 Samuel 11, 5 through 17. I'll just let y'all read that on your own when you have time. You know, why put ourselves in situations where the people that we say we love and say they love us have made it uncomfortably uncomfortable to address their behavior. You know, so they have you walking on eggshells. And it shouldn't be that like that. When you're in a solid relationship, you should be able to talk about everything. You should be able to have tough conversations. That's what love is. Hey, let's have this conversation. Now, if you start posturing and all that, you're going to, you know, uh, or being accusatory, that's going to be a diversion. Or having a, the wrong attitude, that's in the version. But if you could just a matter of factly say, hey, can we talk about this? Because I want to know what you were thinking, and I just want to let you know what the effect was. That's a, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a healthy conversation, all right? So, so, so that's why if we have to avoid compromise. Because once you go dark, um, there will be a conflict with light. Once you go dark, so once you get into a dark place, 
there's going to be a conflict with anybody that's walking in light, right? Um, and so this is, this is a key. This is a key. I don't think people do it intentional, but some people, once again, they play themselves. So watch out for people that, that ignore past hurtful behavior and follow up with business as usual expectations. So this is what I mean by that. So let's say Jimmy, so he did something that he knew was off, right? And so next time he approached me, I know how I handled that probably wasn't the best. That's cool. But let's say Jimmy just starts business as usual or try acting nice, and you're sitting there going, hold on a second. We just, the last conversation didn't end well. Don't we want to start with that? <laughs> you know, if somebody can override that, that's not a healthy behavior. You know, it's not a healthy behavior. And so you want to watch, watch out for people that roll like that. You know, um, and then uh, next week we'll get into watch, watching out for diversions when you're um, close to exposing games, right? All right, so that's, that's what in there. And... Um, uh, we have a, uh, see guys, we have a manipulation test part two next week. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll get into the genuine test after that.